technology am i right <laughs> do we start every show like that uh it's not it's not like legally mandated but <laughs> better than 50 percent, probably i think that's true i think that's true there's, there's either a pre-roll or it's technology right <laughs> <laughs> well i i just wandered in here with two laptops and a thumb drive full of malware so can, can you show me where the pool is <laughs> <laughs> Two laptops and a thumb drive full of malware was my high school band. <laughs> <laughs> and the episode title. Mm. Mm. When I say that, I mean it's because our band was actually just composed of two laptops and some guy put malware on it. It was not. Yeah. Like, we never made any music. Don't look for our albums. Everybody was uh, pretty outraged about that whole thing. So what was it? A Chinese spy, basically. Let's, let's go with Got, was, assets, spy, agent. Yeah, it was, it was in Mar-a-Largo and uh, Mar-a-Lago. Right? Mar-a-Largo. Marlon Largo. Marlon Largo. I love his work. Mm. <laughs> and uh the secret service uh got a hold of her and then she had a flash drive which they which was reported as being summarily just like stuck into one of their computers um but afterwards you know after everybody had a good laugh about that so i saw a tweet indicating that it was actually in a controlled laptop not <laughs> not not just some the guy didn't just pick it up and immediately stick it into his laptop but there was a story where they quote there was a quote about like them plugging it in and having to unplug it because it immediately started like doing a bunch of stuff but it started downloading stuff which implied it had an internet connection or something um, right well, it was funny because at the time I was also just finishing up reading a techno thriller in which malware of that kind is a prominent plot point. And I was like, this is weird that this is on the same. Presumably uh, a certain somebody needs to rework their story now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it, it's, it's plenty plausible. That's all you're really looking for. Well, I, I believe it's the same story. I was a, a somewhat of a technology advisor to ah, okay. uh, the author in question. So um, <laughs> now I look bad. You're fired, James. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, there's always work here. Exactly. Yeah, you can always you can always be on this podcast and just hang out with us. <laughs> anyway, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, just no, in general. Not a, I mean, don't pick thumb drives up off the street yeah, or yeah. from well, Chinese that was, spies. That was the thing when when they had the talks with North Korea. They the, the North Korean, like there was some North Korean supposedly like press, you know, state run. I'm sure uh, that handed out these uh, USB fans. <laughs> please, <laughs> please plug this into your laptop. <laughs> wow. Do not, do not plug that into your laptop. Did, did nobody learn anything from what Q did in Skyfall and just plug in stuff into your computer without really checking it over? Come on, people. I thought you were going to go Star Trek there, and I, I couldn't remember Q having any thumb drives. I couldn't remember that either. Ahead yeah. Of time. Yeah. <laughs> Before anybody was using USB, Q was using USB. Well, isn't, sure. that what I... those, isn't that what isolinear chips are? Isolinear chips, not <laughs> USB? I mean, technically, it was after everybody was using USB, so he was more he... retro. <laughs> I think they're like USB five. You know, they've integrated all the yeah. isolinear protocols mm -hmm. into. I'm yeah. looking forward to Apple's transition to isolinear chips later this year. <laughs> <laughs> Any day now. Forget ARM; they're going isolinear. Yeah, well, you skip ahead. Come on, don't wait. 
Go to where the isolinear chip is. <laughs> don't buy. I'm not buying the Nick. That my next Mac is definitely going to be isolinear. I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Don't 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 tether yourself <laughs> to outdated technology. Is what I'm saying. I, I hear we're not getting a 15 minute how's your Mac Mini segment this this time. <laughs> my yeah, my Mac Mini is repaired. Is working. I've been. Uh, I'm waiting. Basically, at this point, I'm just slowly waiting for it to finish its backblaze before I go ahead and install Mojave on it, which I'll probably do. Um, because it's still on Sierra. So it's just chugging along, slowly uploading things to Backblaze, as it has been for the last like week and a half. Now you've told all those Chinese spies which... Um, Backup via, service uh, I use? Well, no, I was thinking, you know, you haven't updated yet, so now that they know all the all the backdoors to get in. I assume Sierra is pretty well patched, right? Right, Apple? <laughs> <laughs> we hope so. It's like I'm two sure years it, old, three years old. It's probably three years old, I guess. I, I don't know when they stop doing the security updates. If it's two years, three years, I or think I'm in like the that. window. But yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah. That's why you know, not long term. But I'll, I'll get there. I'll join. Speaking I'll probably of, update to Mojave right around the time they release whatever's next. Speaking <laughs> of Chinese spies, um, Huawei said that they would be willing to sell. They make their own modem chips, I believe, mm-hmm. and would be willing to sell them to um, Apple. I, Since I saw Apple that having, and I, having it a made problem. me laugh out loud. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so Apple is in this bizarre position where they are currently kind of screwed on 5G because the main 5G provider, uh, my 5G chip maker is Qualcomm. And of right. course, Apple and Qualcomm are fighting a lot. Yeah. Uh, and Qualcomm has said they'd be willing to do it, but like obviously they they said that with like a Mr. Burns style steepling of fingers. <laughs> oh yes, we'd be willing to provide chips. <laughs> and Intel, who is now the only vendor they work with that makes five G chips, is not necessarily going to have a chip ready by the time Apple would theoretically want to ship a five G phone, which is I believe twenty twenty. Would this be the same Intel yeah. that Apple is planning to replace all their processors with ARM processors yeah, at some point right, in the next right. two years? And, make, and eventually make their own modem chips, too. Right. And that's the other problem is that they're staffing up their 5G uh, you know, pipeline now for the chips they want to make in-house, including build, you know, opening a big new place in San Diego, which is where Qualcomm is headquartered, and poaching all the Qualcomm employees. Mm-hmm. But the chances of that being ready by 2020 are kind of low because there's a lot oh, yeah. of work that has to happen first. Right? I think the idea was you don't burn all your bridges until you've got the, you know, <laughs> exactly. the offer for the next job. <laughs> when you're halfway until across, you build your boats. <laughs> yeah. As I like to say, I don't know what the big deal is. My phone is already 5G. At least that's what it tells me. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't think they've rolled out that particular air quotes 5G over here, but who knows? Seems very speedy. Mm. Yeah, so uh, that leaves Apple in a bit of a bit of a pickle. And personally, I think they'll probably just say, we're going to ship a 5G phone next year. Like, uh, you know, 2021 rather than 2020. I think is likely. Yeah. The other question is how much of a big deal is that because networks will still probably not be fully rolled out for 5G support at that point. Right. Yeah, I mean, 4G support over here is not entirely universal. So um, I think it's going to be a good while. And I think over here there was there was a, a report uh, came back into the Huawei uh, security uh, implications and things, and it wasn't a hundred percent positive. So no, yeah, they're yeah. not going to. No, I don't see. Huawei. I don't see them actually doing that. That that yeah. is that is Huawei playing coy because they are yes. already on the shit list of like, right. the U.S. government well, and a lot of other people. But this was this was for the rollout of the you know the 
the network oh, end, the hardware the, 5G, the infrastructure the 5G oh, the equipment yeah. yeah because all that was in the UK at least was going to be Huawei stuff and now people are like is that what we want to do it's, I mean I have no idea if this is just a US disinformation campaign if they're going to do that side they might as well do your phone too <laughs> yes I mean yeah yeah, you really—it's the opposite of end-to-end encryption. It's end-to-end compromise. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> if you're right. gonna get compromised, just go all if, the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm all the way compromised anyway. So <laughs> that's why you're on this podcast. Yeah, you don't want to know about the compromat we've got on James. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't He's think not we didn't even talk Scottish. About, <laughs> sorry. We didn't talk about the Netflix thing last week. I don't. Which think. one? Well, the oh, one. Oh, the the. the Technical limitations. Yeah, the supposed technical limitations. Where they dropped AirPlay support. Yeah, yeah I mean which, that, that. Which I don't really. I, you know, I have not used. I don't think I've used AirPlay to do anything like that in a long time. No, me uh, neither. I, no, I mean, I, I would rather use a native AirPlay. Uh, sorry, a native Netflix app on yeah. on the device that I'm using. But still, the the, the very spurious sounding reasons that mm-hmm. they couldn't sort of. It was something about whether they couldn't ID or certify the devices that it was playing on. Um, Like you might be playing it on some television that didn't have full Netflix, you know, whatever. I did see a a take on that from our friend Joe Steele at one point. uh, And I'm trying to find it because it was not in a public venue. But I think it had to do with... He was saying that Netflix... It it was a matter of like sort of like what quality content do we deliver to this device? And if we can't figure out sort of what the device they're not saying it couldn't i think the issue here is they are being a little coy because it's not that it wouldn't work it's that it might not just it just might not be the best experience right like they might be delivering a 480p stream to your 1080p 4k whatever television and it'll yeah, just look but- cruddy and people will blame netflix and they'll be like well why is that our problem <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I I would have thought most of the people who know how to airplay stuff from their phone to a device are going to know that it might not be the best way to do it. Definitely possible. I mean, again, I'm not I'm not arguing that Netflix isn't being sort of playing fast and loose here, but I can see why they I can see why they might have made that decision thinking it was the right decision for them to make. And the the flip side of that coin coin is that they don't they don't get the information that they want either because Airplay 2 doesn't doesn't tell them what the yes. device that it's so, going to and they want to know what you're watching you know i think that they, 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 they want to know that not just to not just to be great and provide the the finest quality experience they just also want to know what you're watching on <laughs> i think it was also they were after a unique id for the device so they yeah. could get a sense of how many devices you're playing stuff on and things mm-hmm. like that right um but yeah, probably somewhere between those two things. Like it's probably a combination yeah. of factors in terms of why they decide to do that. I, I, you know, again, I don't. I think this is something likely not to affect a lot of people. So right. at the end of the day, it's probably a lot of sound and fury about nothing. But it also yes. does show the that these companies are much more invested in. You know, Netflix in particular has a history of not uh, necessarily embracing all the possible like you know they're still not in the tv app which they aren't planning on doing um so like i can understand why why they feel like we are they're trying to protect like they're circling their wagons a little bit here yeah i mean they're kind of in a qualcomm position as well because (laughs) apple is spinning up all these tv shows and and their own uh streaming service so i can imagine that they're not wanting to be best of friends uh but yeah but I mean, that said, you can. There are literally no shortage in the way 
of in like the how you can get Netflix content. Right. Yeah. I have like think- eight thousand devices that play Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have about four or five connected to my TV currently. The yeah, funniest, so the funniest one is that Nintendo DS plays Netflix as a Netflix player. Wow, it is it is extremely old and very out of date. Um, and it it doesn't do any of. I put it on Hanks because he was like, "Can I?" You know, I, he saw it and he's like, "Can I get Netflix on this thing?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." And then um, I realized that it doesn't do the separate profiles it just uses the master profile uh, so he was he was able to watch anything <laughs> i was like oh <laughs> well, this no, sounds no, like no, a win, that's win. gotta go <laughs> i i bet it doesn't do the auto playing of stupid trailers either it, sure it does not yeah it's all right john if there's anything objectionable it was all super pixelated because it was on a ds yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly they also saw this morning that Netflix is reminding all of us who are subscribers that it is raising its prices next month uh, which it announced back in January, but it just like they gave it like a six month lead time. They're like, yep, in May we're going to be increasing prices. So now it's up to if you've got the sort of standard tier, it's going from uh, let's see here, it's like eight. It went from HD standard went from eight to nine in 2014, then ten to 2016, and now we'll be uh, go from eleven to thirteen, I think. <sighs> I'm sure somebody's just run the numbers and worked out how much they're going to lose with all the other streaming services coming along this year. And it's well, like, well, we'll just... The, the problem with that is, like, that is a that is a Kobayashi Maru right there, because yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you keep raising your prices, maybe you're the one who gets cut off, because they're like, well, Netflix keeps getting more expensive, and there are all the other services coming in, so... Yeah, I think that at the moment they can probably bank on being the one that people keep. Yeah, and and yeah, I, I know, can't even I can't even imagine canceling my Netflix. <laughs> I can yeah. imagine canceling the, your Netflix, John. I've the just uproar, done it. <laughs> the uproar of this house would be unimaginable. Yeah, I mean, don't cancel your Netflix because I'm still watching on your account as well. <laughs> so. I have a separate profile, so yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Did you see the IKEA lamp speaker that was announced today? The, uh, yeah, it's the IKEA Sonos partnership, right? Yes, uh, it looks like a HomePod with a light stuck on the top. Um, yes, but I, well, is significantly cheaper than a HomePod, and probably significantly cheaper than a Sonos speaker, <laughs> or at least some I think it's one hundred eighty dollars for the the lamp speaker and ninety nine dollars for their bookshelf speaker, which you mount to the wall. Yeah, I don't have any place I can mount a speaker to the wall, so. That won't be happening. <laughs> I also, I, I, as much, although I do like they have one demo image where it's like it can be a shelf, literally, that you put like next to your bed or something. I do appreciate the idea of a, like, again, sp- first of all, wireless speakers without smart speaker options. Good. I'm a fan of those. Do they say whether these things support? airplay or not yeah they said they were airplay 2 compatible that's cool then because i've been looking for a good airplay 2 speaker that is not a smart speaker but it also seemed that it wasn't a smart light which seemed well then the question there is can i just screw a hue bulb into it (laughs) yes i think you can but (laughs) i love this idea now all right never mind i'm all on usb port does it? Does yes, it have but you can only out. plug in compromised USB thumbs yes. to it. How many? How many things can I screw into this thing? <laughs> All right, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm there's a around. joke there somewhere. I'm coming around. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking about smart speakers. Can I take a moment to talk about making yourself smart? Oh yeah, I need that badly. Okay. Definitely. Well, well, do you want to take the fast track to a career in technology? Mm. Earn your computer science post degree online from Oregon State 
University eCampus. A postback allows you to use your existing bachelor's degree in any field and to take only computer science courses to earn a second bachelor's degree online. The best part is that you don't need any previous computer science training to enroll, although you need to have strong math skills. Oregon State eCampus delivers this program 100% online with flexible academic plans to help you balance your studies with work and other life commitments. You'll be part of a highly engaged worldwide online learning community that's supported by Oregon State faculty and advisors. Courses in software engineering, mobile web development, and user interfaces are challenging, but they'll provide you the skills you need to make your mark in virtually any industry. And a computer science degree from top-ranked Oregon State University will get you the credentials for unlimited career opportunities. Learn more and take the next steps at ecampus.oregonstate.edu slash rebound. That's ecampus.oregonstate.edu slash rebound. I was reading through that and it actually seemed like a really good thing to do. <laughs> like, I mean, well, let, let, me, let me tell you, you should do that. computing science degrees are actually pretty useful. If you're on this <laughs> podcast, there's only you can only go up. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Dan, Dan's always really down on us. <laughs> I mean, I you know, I, I look forward to doing it's this. My, so. it's, it's my negging strategy, John. It's you the only sucker. way I get approval. <laughs> It's the way that Dan emails me with 15 minutes to go and says, will you come on the podcast? And yeah, I'm right, like, yes, right. please. <laughs> see, see, it works. Lex, Lex didn't show up. We don't know where he is. <laughs> In some other state or something. I, don't, I think he's gone and gambled all of our money away, John. I think that's what's oh, happening no. right now. I got a question for you, James, since you're here. What, do you, what are your feelings on uh, notarization for Mac apps? Oh, well... <sighs> Uh, it's non-optional as far as I gather. <laughs> All right. So, well, you will comply then. Yeah, no, I mean, I think this is good. This is just Apple trying to t- tighten up the security of apps that are outside of the Mac App Store. Um, and yeah, they've got some additional requirements that have rolled out. But as it stands, I have no apps that I'm selling outside the Mac App Store. So I have not looked into notarization <laughs> at all. But... I- I'm curious about it because I do, you know, like I play around with stuff that is downloaded from others, like, you know, little hack apps or little things that are are not distributed in the Mac App Store. And I'm just curious how much of an impact this makes on sort of those third parties, especially like open source development stuff, I assume. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of open source developers are not even doing the the, the basic sort of uh, certificate signing stuff these days, which is why when you open something, I don't know if Cody is one of them, but something like that, and you open it and it says, well, no, this is this has no signature whatsoever. This could be literally any kind of malware. And indeed it could. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I think this is just like you take your binary and you send it off to Apple and they do some basic checks and send it back to you with us, uh, uh, an extra thing to say, yeah, we've given this some, some degree of oversight. Uh, but I mean, I think it's good that they're just allowing options for stuff that's outside the app store. Cause I don't see, I mean, there's, there's, there's the question of whether things like Kodi that, you know, have lots of GPL code in them and things like that can actually be in the app store. Um, so, you know, anything that uh, gives an avenue for these things that can't. But it sounds like Apple is going to tighten up security in a forthcoming OS release, as they like to say. Well, I mean, especially compared to... So the other thing, I don't think we talked about this either, but in the past week, two weeks, that um, 
<clears throat> delivering on their promise from last year's WWDC, Bare Bones has brought BB Edit to the Mac App Store again. Uh, yeah. And um, there was and a I... nice feature story on Rich Siegel uh, in, in the Mac App Store. And obviously, that was a big deal. Like that and Transmit and um, what were the other ones? It was like Microsoft and Adobe, too, I think were sort of yeah. the big ones that were missing. So Apple has, you know, having finally made some allowances for some of these apps that need to do things that weren't allowed in earlier models. I think it has been a long road for Rich to get back into the App Store. Um, yeah. You know, because he's doing various things with subscriptions and stuff. And, you know, App Review can be um, very much letter of the law with a lot of this stuff. I would never use a term about the delightful <laughs> folks at App Review like that. Um, you know, because... I love all of my Apple reviewers. <laughs> I do, because I haven't had a problem in a long time and I do not wish to. Um, but, you know, I think uh, with Rich, I mean, in particular, I mean, BB Edit is a, a very well-known app, but I think even Rich would agree it's not quite on the same level as Office or Photoshop. Yeah. So it's nice that they made, you know, he got back in and they did a nice story on him and he got his photo on the front of the app yeah. store, which I didn't, I didn't get that for my app store. Me feature. Neither. So, so I, I'm, I'm disappointed. And I know the person in charge of the Mac app store editorial at the moment. So, you know, wh where's my photo other Dan? Um, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> wow, um, that the, took the a turn at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but the interesting thing too here is that I think, you know, uh, there, like you said, BBEdit is a well-known app, at least among a certain, you know, cadre of users. And it has a very devoted fan base and a very devoted customership. But I also imagine that in terms of growth, stuff that's not in the Mac App Store is a lot harder for people to discover, especially newer users of the Mac who probably yeah. are very accustomed to getting things from the Mac App Store. So certainly you could go find BB Edit, but you have to know to look for it in the first place. And so, you know, it, it certainly, I'm sure, behooves uh, bare bones to have BB Edit back in the store because they will pick up a lot more new users that way, especially. And if you're an app developer, I assume that, you know, you want to basically make it as easy as possible for people to get your software. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I had PCALC in the Mac App Store and not in the Mac App Store, we were doing something like 80, 90% of our revenue through the App Store. So the other channels, I think, are becoming less and less. And especially as Apple tightens up security and, and has things like this notarization stuff, which I'm assuming is going to be on by default and required uh, in the, the next OS release. And you know, I'm sure there's always going to be a way to, you know, to to run that thumb drive full of malware if you really, really want to. Um, and I do. But <laughs> I do, too. I don't I like mean, being held back. I don't want anybody to tell me what malware I can install on my computer. Well, so long as your malware is notarized, it's fine. <laughs> but, I mean, I, there are things, you know, that I do have that pause when I download, you know, something like Kodi or Handbrake or any one of these apps that, you know, is... Uh, and some of those things, like I think transmission, I think even handbrake possibly mm -hmm. have been targeted before by, you know, these yeah. versions have gone up on their servers that contain some uh, bad things. I don't want to say handbrake because I'm not 100% sure, but I know trans I transmission right. was. Oh, man. Um, oh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm thinking of that. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, there is. Was, yeah. 
but there is that kind of uh, uh i'm also possibly was it transmit the that got hit by the, their source code got out there or something because of uh yeah um but it, it, it's you do have that brief pause before when it when you get the dialogue that says are you really sure you want to run this and it's like well i do i'm but, sure right? please uh please but you know yeah it, it, i think it's you know treat every piece of software as potentially uh, uh bad apart from mine well, all right, that that may be the case, but you know what you don't have to treat as potentially bad? <laughs> I'm waiting for this uh, uh, segue. Go on. <laughs> uh, fantastic apparel is something that you do not have to treat as bad because it's fantastic, and it looks great on you. And James, I know that you are heading off to a conference in the not-too-distant future. And so I'm sure you will want to, like, present yourself the best. And might I suggest you consider uh, a shirt from our five friends at Untuck It? Because have you ever wondered why those traditional button-ups look so long and they're baggy and everything? It's because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Untuck It shirts, on the other hand, were specifically designed to be worn untucked, which is great for all of us, especially Apple executives presenting at conferences, because <laughs> we, we know they go the untuck route most of the time. So, with more than 50 fit combinations, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. I'm all of those things, by the way. Um, I have been frustrated with that. I'm, I am a tall guy, and so I you know, buy shirts that are fairly long. And they do kind of look janky when you've got, like, you know, just wearing them with some jeans and stuff. It's just not a, a look that works for me. So I was really gratified that the fine folks at Untucket sent us uh, the, some, some codes to check out their, their wares. And I bought a very nice button down that is uh, meant to be worn untucked. And it fits, you know, like sort of hits perfectly along the belt line there. And it just, it looks really good. It was easy to use a website to go through and find a shirt that like, I really like the color and the cut of, uh, and they delivered it. And it looks, I tried it on and it fit perfectly. It was amazing. They have um, a large, they have a fairly large selection too. Yeah, they got a ton of different materials and designs and color options that like basically work with any palette. Yeah. They the, also have yeah, good, the um, the problem was finding like because <laughs> because we got some shirts and you know was finding like one <laughs> right exactly I like, like I, I wanted like to order one. a I like that lot one. I like that one <laughs> yeah and uh, and in fact my fiance ordered one as well from them which she really likes too so I thought it was a very smooth shopping experience and the shirts look great so if you would like to check out a shirt that's going to make you look eight. Try it on in person at one of Untucket's 50 stores, or you can go to untucket.com to get started. They offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the U.S., and you, yes, you, can save 20% on your first order by using our code REBOUND at checkout. That's untucket.com, promo code REBOUND. Thank you so much to Untucket for sponsoring this week's episode of The Rebound. I would like one of those shirts. Well, the, I, they're, they're, I, they are that's good. That's where you should go. Yeah, they're very nice. They're very nice. I'm, I'm actually getting, just looking for an opportunity more. to uh, to wear one again because I just, like, I don't leave the house very much. <laughs> well, because, you know, because you, of that ankle bracelet. That's that's <laughs> it. I mean, it's a nice, it's a very fashionable ankle bracelet. I'll say. I prefer the term anklet. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet you do. But you know, law enforcement. <laughs> My lawyers have advised me that I prefer the term anklet. <laughs> law enforcement has determined that it's called an ankle bracelet. Do, do you wear it untucked from your socks? <laughs> I do. I do. Yes, on my what my, my on my del- very delightful custom made socks. <laughs> from um, a different sponsor from a who different sponsor mentioned. who is not on this week so everything's fine um yeah. uh, there was a steve trutton smith seems to think that apple is going to break up oh yeah i want to bring that one up break up yeah. items. 
I mean, that that seemed to... I, I think people have been talking about iTunes needing to be broken up for about 10 years. That's one monopoly but, we can all agree needs to be busted. Yeah, and I think, you know, with the advent of Marzipan on the near horizon taking all the apps off the phone and sticking them on uh, the Mac seems like a likely way that they would do that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, so here's my theory. I, I think that will happen. Um, I think they will port over the music and the podcast app, etc. I'm, I'm kind of curious to know if those will look or work well on the Mac, because I, I don't love the music app on iOS as it is. Uh, I'm kind of curious what that looks like. Or like, when's the last time you used the music app on your iPad? I, I do not use that very often. Oh, I've used it. I've used it. I have an, it, I, I have an iPad rarely. on my desk. I have an old iPad on my desk that I listen to music but with. So. I will maintain that on top of that, I'm guessing that iTunes is not going anywhere. I think they will no. provide those as optional yeah. ways to do it. But like, there's too much functionality in iTunes that is not duplicated elsewhere. Yeah. Right. I, I'm still running QuickTime 7 Same. on my <laughs> Mac. So that's going to go away this year. I'm upset uh, about that still. It's fine. Yeah, me too. Uh, but I think, yeah, iTunes will have a similar slow descent into uh, obscurity. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, I think things like the video stuff will, would be a, a better fit because, I mean, well, I think need people a TV talk- app, obviously. Yeah, and and things you know with Marzipan, people have said you know stuff like Netflix, like the Netflix app. If that could come over, you know, run that full screen, that's that would be absolutely fine as a as a Mac Marzipan right. app. If, but yeah, if all you're doing is managing and playing back video, like it's not extremely strenuous in terms of like. The, the the UI and all that stuff is not super complicated. The the problem with iTunes was always that shoveling in all those different types of things made it so complicated because you had to like figure out the controls for the specific context you were working in at the time. Yeah, I mean, one thing they might do is start to take things out of iTunes, you know, sort of just like... Because they cut out the store um, right. out, out of iTunes for iOS apps and things like that. So, you know, there's potential that they'll start like hacking out chunks of it uh well here's a question too for you actually while i'm thinking about this in terms of removing the stores and stuff like that there is uh you know the mac app store app obviously on on the mac and it's you know is there a point where that just becomes the same app store essentially because of things like marzipan like uh i think they they've already stated that the the plan is like i think in two years like two years after this os release coming uh they're gonna have combined uh binaries for mac and ios and at that point i see absolutely no reason why there's not going to be a combined store i mean there could be basically a combined store now i mean there's no real reason why you couldn't go to a website and buy an app and have it download on your phone it just contextually decide it should just know what device you're on (laughs) i mean some of that stuff is you know oh don't let people buy an ios app if they're on a Mac, because, you know, they might not even have an iPhone. So there's a certain amount of, you know, double checking that you need to do. But yeah, at the point where you've got combined binaries in a year or two's time, then yeah, you have one store. I mean, not everybody's going to port everything. Not everything makes sense to port. And there's still going to be Mac-only apps and iOS-only apps for the foreseeable future. I mean, I can't see, you know, the likes of, uh photoshop becoming you know even though they're doing an ios app it's not going to be the same thing uh for you know quite mm-hmm. a while and you know there's i think the app kit which is you know the mac uh development apis i think 
when iOS gets a foothold uh, with UIKit, I think it's going to be living on borrowed time. But that borrowed time is probably, you know, five to 10 years. Uh, And Apple's cutting off a lot of stuff. I mean, we're going to see a lot of all the 32-bit apps are going to die as of uh, this autumn release. And that's going to take out every single Carbon app that's ever existed for for one thing. So, yeah, we'll see. It's a, the equivalent of a Thanos snap is what we're saying. <laughs> yes, it's a Thanos snap, except nobody particularly cares about the half of the people that died. <laughs> <laughs> Although my, I get, my, my, every time I start up or, you know, 50% of the time, whenever Apple decides to tell me, it reminds me that call recorder will stop working at some point. And I'm like, that is kind of important. Yeah. Fixed. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah, I mean... There's a lot of old apps and there's a lot of emulators and things like that and things that will go and old games uh, and that will be sad. Uh, But, you know, I I say this as somebody who also has a 32-bit app that is not currently for sale but uh, is going to die. There are parts of iTunes that just don't even work anymore, right? I mean, like, I spent a whole bunch of time years ago, you know, ripping my DVDs and putting them into iTunes because you used to be able to... um, it, this part used to work and does not work anymore where you could watch, at least it doesn't work for me, stuff on um, from an iTunes library in the house on an iPad. Oh, and there's still... there's sharing still, or...? Yeah, the home sharing part. There's still an app on the Apple TV that works quite well. Right. That computer's app is still on there. Uh, but that app is not on iOS, you know, on, on the iPad or the iPhone anymore. And you're supposed to go into the TV app and then change your library, but that never works. At least, in, I, at least from I, my experience, it does not work. I anymore. haven't tried that in a really long time because there's just like, a, I never really invested that much time in putting stuff into iTunes. Cause it always seemed yeah. super See, I cumbersome. Did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in preparation, in preparation for Endgame, I've been going back and watching the Avengers movies. And I was like, where, Oh, where do I have the first Avengers movie? And I was like, Oh, it's in that iTunes library upstairs. Like, Oh, I have my iPad right here. I could watch that. No, actually you can't watch it because it doesn't work anymore. I, I'm sure Disney will sell you a streaming service soon where you can just <laughs> yeah. Well, well I mean, I could have bought it again. I get it, like, but you know, I had the DVD, I had the DVD Blu-ray, and I was like, why would I? Why would I buy it again? A, uh, there's probably a tool that just lets you, or you migrate all of that to Plex, right? Which well, is yeah. I mean, I just right copied. I, that's what I ended up doing. I just copied the file over to. But you know, it's like I had to copy it to a different machine, and that was a pain in the butt. I didn't want to do that, mm. Dan. I didn't want to do it. It's right now. I, I was curious, so I went in to look, and it's like under the there's like a library drop down in the tv app yeah and i went and switched the library but it's showing me a library for a computer that i'm pretty sure i no longer have <laughs> I'm pretty are you sure, sure? By the name. yeah no i'm thinking about it and i'm like i don't think so all my all my computers are named after spaceships and i went to the library and it shows me like you know recently added tv shows dan, movies dan hack dan hack Uh, if you're compromising all my data anyways, this will help you identify which data you're getting. Uh, and on the bottom of that library dropdown, it says home one, which is, I think the old iMac I have, which is long gone, has been gone for like two or three years now. I'm not even sure where it thinks this video is. Try playing some of the videos and see if they play. Yeah, try playing something. See if yeah, that would be quite something if it actually played. It's also just a copy. The only thing in there is a copy of Solo, which is just something I bought on iTunes, so I don't even know why it's in there. Yeah, okay. Maybe I forgot to deregister this computer. That's a possibility. (laughs) 
But yeah, yeah, to your point, it doesn't seem well, to be seen. Mine is stuff old. On my, the machine that I have dedicated to that is old and has worked in the past and just does not does not work anymore. So. Yeah, I mean, like mm. I can go into iTunes and look at the like share my library, and it's definitely doing that. But yeah. I literally, no probably, idea like, I bet there's a way. That. Like, if I sign out of iTunes on that computer and sign back in or something, Why I bet it'll like start up again. Like but nice. I'm just like at this point, I'm just moving everything to Plex, just because that works reliably. Yeah, I, I think that's the answer. And I think probably, as always, I'm guessing that we were not the... Uh, <laughs> we were kind of an edge case for that. Apparently. Well, I, I, I think all your edge cases are going to get removed soon. Yeah, that seems likely. It works. It works fine in, in the, on the Mac iTunes version, of course. But yeah. it, just doesn't, it doesn't work mm. iOS. Wow. That's... Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing going back to putting the apps on the Mac... It, what would be nice is if they start to enhance those apps to put in some of the more advanced functionality, and then that flows back to you know iOS. Uh, so I think that's that would be the the the, the dream solution to this. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. If that happens. <laughs> uh, so you you mentioned that I'm I'm going off to a conference. So yeah, I'm flying to Canada in less than two weeks for NS North, um, and I uh, as I discovered, I am the first speaker on the main day of uh, talks, uh, talking ab- about uh, the illustrated history of uh, Easter eggs. Uh, plug for NS North oh, nice. there, um, but uh, Brexit. The notional current Brexit day is in three days. And I believe our access to the international airwaves is through an EU treaty. Hmm. (laughs) So um, I haven't looked at the news in the last few hours, but uh, yeah, that could prove interesting. Uh, But I I was also just reading about that. There was, uh, did you see the thing about the GPS equipment failing at the weekend? Yes, the rollover because of the date code. The, a 10-bit value for the calendar week counter or something rolled over to zero zero zero, and a bunch of Boeing 777s and 787s got sent 20 years back in time. Oh, I mean, that's, that's the premise not, of my, of my exa- next yeah, science fiction book. There's a show about that, isn't there? Uh, I mean, 1999 would be quite good. You could go back, uh, but then you'd <laughs> you face could the... Prevent it, you could prevent this timeline from happening. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but um, I, it was something to do with unpatched Honeywell GPS equipment. But uh, yeah, a bunch of flights got cancelled, uh, mostly in China, I think. Uh, but yes, I'll be flying on on a seven seven seven, or maybe not. Uh, we, we'll find out. Uh, uh, yes. This is this is gonna be one of those instances where they go back and and you have to fly on a you know like a one of those prop planes from. Oh, from, I basically, Indiana, from Indiana Jones because they still work reliably. <laughs> so I had that on the the last WWDC last year. On the flight back, there had been the engines were falling apart on the Dreamliners, uh, so they grounded the entire Dreamliner fleet. And I flew back on a plane that had literally been pulled out of mothballs, and. <laughs> It was the most uncomfortable flight I have ever been on. <laughs> and it was just like, it was like being on the, the going back 20 years uh, yeah. into the past. Yeah. And uh, oh, it was really unpleasant. Just should have stayed there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that uh, I will make it out to this conference now that I've plugged it. Um, well, I'm also hoping that my country doesn't self-destruct, but you know. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. It seems you know, much like ours. It seems determined to. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I, despite the 
best efforts of everybody to pull in opposite directions, uh, we are still going to go off that cliff. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all going to go together, though, so I guess that's good. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I, I ordered uh, some uh, new pin badges, uh, exciting ones, and the the order when it came back saying there might be some delays. <laughs> uh, it's probably fine. I mean, yeah, yeah, I... pro- probably fine for <laughs> you know. You lived through the war, didn't you? Which it'll one? be just Gold... like living through the war. That all turned out fine, didn't it? I lived through the Falklands War. That was better. <laughs> it was hell. Recalls man who lived through the Falklands War. Yeah, all those penguins. Um, <laughs> there were penguins everywhere, dropping them out of planes. It was crazy. <laughs> Earn your computer science post-bac degree online from Oregon State University eCampus with flexible academic plans to help you balance your studies with work and life. A post-bac allows you to use your existing bachelor's degree in any field and take only computer science courses to earn a second bachelor's degree online. The best part? You don't need any previous computer science training to enroll. Learn more and take the next step at ecampus.oregonstate.edu slash rebound. I just hope that I'm not stuck in the country and and have to like deliver my talk through FaceTime or something or stuck there and then you have to deliver your talk for the rest of time. 